0: The biblical prophet Jeremiah has an amazing message for our world, especially the English-speaking world. Why is it that so few know about this man when 52 chapters in the Bible cover some 40 years of his life? What do you personally know about him? Do you know to whom his prophecies were directed? Do you know the time of their fulfillment? And do you know Jeremiah's warnings for us today? Stay with me here at Tomorrow's World because I'll be explaining one of the most amazing prophecies ever given through a human being. It's a shocking and fascinating story that explains much of what we see in today's world. This is news that you need to hear, so stay with me as I'll be back in a moment. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where today I'm going to give you fascinating information from the Bible that I'm sure most of you have never heard, and it's important information that is affecting your life right now. If you were to ask many young people today who Jeremiah was, they would likely think of a silly song and reply, a bullfrog. But the prophet Jeremiah was no bullfrog, and he didn't proclaim a silly song. His message came from God, and we will see those predictions being fulfilled right before our very eyes. God called Jeremiah while he was young, probably in his teen years. He describes himself as a youth, and he prophesied about forty years. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, we read of how important this man was to God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then comes God's commission to Jeremiah. This is something, my friends, that people read right over and never think twice. For that matter, they probably never stop to consider even once what these words mean. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah wasn't a man spewing personal opinion. He had a commission from God, and it would be God's words in his mouth. But what does it mean to be set over nations and kingdoms? What does it mean to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down? And what was meant by to build and to plant? The first point is understandable. While Jeremiah's messages were clearly for the Jews and the city of Jerusalem for the time in which he lived, his messages go far beyond that. He prophesied against Egypt and Babylon, Moab, Damascus, and more. We read these prophecies in chapters 46 through 51. And the timing of some of them was for a long time into the future, as seen from these statements. But it shall come to pass in the latter days, chapter 49, verse 39. Yet I will bring back the captives of Moab in the latter days, says the Lord, Jeremiah 48, verse 47. Perhaps the most famous passage that applied to the future is that of the promised new covenant. Paul speaks of this in Hebrews 8, but he quotes directly from Jeremiah 31. I'll only read a portion of this for the sake of time. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. Clearly, Jeremiah's prophecies were for far more than his nation or for his time. But what does it mean in the commission that he would root out and pull down, destroy and throw down, build and plant? I'll answer those questions in a minute. But let me first tell you about one of the most popular resources that we've ever had. As I've just read, the New Covenant is with the House of Israel and with the House of Judah. That is what Jeremiah wrote, and that is what the Apostle Paul wrote, yet most people have no idea that the House of Judah and the House of Israel are two separate nations and our resource, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy, explains this difference. As one man from Columbia told me after reading this booklet, finally something makes sense. So if you would like to learn from the pages of the Bible and from secular history a truth that makes sense of the world in which we live, call the number that will be shown, or go to our website, www.tomorrowsworld.org to order your copy of the United States and Great Britain and Prophecy. And I'll be right back to explain further Jeremiah's amazing commission and what it means for
1: you. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll-free now or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. To request today's free informative offer, No cost, no obligation. Call toll free now or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. We are looking today at Jeremiah's
0: amazing commission. So far, we've seen that he was a prophet for more than his own people and for more than his time. Let's review God's commission to Jeremiah. As given in the first chapter of the book by his name and in verse 10. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah was to prophesy the destruction of his own nation, how it was going to be pulled down, destroyed, and thrown down. This also applied to other nations but what was meant by, to build and to plant? It's impossible to understand this without knowing something that few people are ever taught in their churches today. Only those who read the Bible, and in this case, what is called the Old Testament, can understand. Yes, it's impossible to really understand biblical prophecy and the full message of the Bible without this knowledge. And yet it's right there in front of us, and as John O'Gwen titles the preface to his booklet on the United States and Great Britain and Prophecy, the lost master key found. So let's go back to Jeremiah's prophecy regarding the New Covenant and look at the obvious. This time I'll read from the Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. What is the obvious in this passage of scripture? Simply put, we are reading here of two separate nations the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, why is this important? The beginning book of the Bible, known as Genesis, clearly shows that God was working through one man and his family and gave great and wonderful promises to that family. Here's the beginning of those promises as given to Abram, if he left his country and his father's house. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Perhaps this chart will clarify what I'm describing. Abram's name was later changed to Abraham, and he had two sons of significance, Ishmael and Isaac. The descendants of these two sons have been at war in the Middle East for centuries. According to the Bible, the promises to Abraham were expanded and made more specific through Isaac and his descendants. Abraham's son Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Their descendants are also part of the problem in the Middle East, and Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, had twelve sons. The firstborn was Reuben. Judah and Joseph were two other sons among the twelve. Judah is the father of the Jews. God's spiritual and physical blessings were divided between Judah and Joseph. Note this clear and amazing statement in 1 Chronicles 5, And verses 1 and 2. Now, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. Yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. Why is this important? Most church-going people have no idea that the terms Israelite and Jew are not synonymous. People think the terms are entirely the same, but as we are seeing, one promise went to the Jews, while another promise went to an entirely different tribe of Israel. Also, again, churchgoers are often ignorant of the fact that the promises to Israel are only partially fulfilled in Christ. Now that is the most important promise, of course, but not the only one. Most professing Christians are aware of the spiritual promise of grace through Jesus Christ, but after a short break, we'll look at some of the physical promises made to the children of Israel, and knowing what they are brings our modern world to life. But to better understand this subject, We're offering on today's program our resource, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. Some chapter titles are, The Lost Master Key Found, Ancient Promises Are Made, Israel's Captivity and Lost Identity, The Birthright Promises Are Fulfilled, and The Coming Restoration. The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy will open your understanding to what you see in your evening news and make sense of the world in which we live. Just pick up the phone or go to our website to receive your free copy of The United States and Great Britain of Prophecy, and I'll be back in 15 seconds to explain a physical promise that was given to the children of Israel.
1: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter.
0: Before the break, I told you I would explain a physical promise that was given to the children of Israel. It's real and can be seen in our world today. But let's not get ahead of the story. As we've seen, Judah was given the promise of a ruler that we understand to be that of the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. But it was more than a single king. It was a dynasty of kings that would continue throughout time. In the 49th chapter of Genesis, we see Israel predicting what would become of his sons at the end of the age. Notice the time setting in verse 1, And Jacob, that is Israel, called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. As part of Judah's blessing, we read the following in verse 10 The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. The marginal reference says that a scepter is, quote, a symbol of kingship. Shiloh is a reference to the Messiah. Great emphasis in the Bible is put on the dynasty of David. But many casual readers and scholars believe that his dynasty ended when the house of Judah fell and went into Babylonish captivity. And here's where the prophet Jeremiah comes in. But first, let's notice this dynastic promise made to David in 2 Samuel, the seventh chapter When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. Who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, some people think that this promise was conditional on obedience of the kings to follow. But this is not the case. Neither was this promise of establishing his throne forever referring to the Messiah. Yes, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the ultimate fulfillment. But the promise as stated here refers to physical kings ruling from generation to generation. Now, how can we be so sure of this? Well, notice these strong words that follow in verses 14 to 16. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Did Christ commit iniquity or sin? Not hardly, or he could not be our Savior. So, this was talking about David's dynasty, that it would be established forever. This promise is also recorded in the 89th Psalm. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. Do you see that, my friends? God swore by his holiness, he would not lie to David. As sure as the sun and the moon, his seed would have an everlasting throne. So why do people think it ceased to exist from around 586 B.C. until the coming of Christ some 600 years later? And did Jesus come as a king sitting on the throne of David at that time? Now we come back to Jeremiah's amazing commission. After about 40 years of warning the Jews that destruction was on the way unless they repented, the end finally came. In the ninth year of King Zedekiah, Babylonian King Nebuchadnezzar besieged the city of Jerusalem and two and a half years later breached the walls. Seeing the inevitable, King Zedekiah and the men of war attempted to escape by night, but were captured. What happened next we read in Jeremiah 39, verses 6 and 7. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes in Riblah. The king of Babylon also killed all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Thus ended David's dynasty, or so people think. But now we come to one of the most amazing truths of scripture that is almost universally overlooked. If you can stop the sun or moon from coming up, then the covenant God made with David can be broken. So say the scriptures. But before we get to the most interesting part of this story, let me give you another part that anyone who reads his Bible should know. After the 12 tribes of Israel came out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before entering the promised land. They were ruled as a theocracy until the people demanded a king like all the nations around them, and a man by the name of Saul was chosen. But Saul disobeyed God, and when he died, David became king. David's son Solomon followed him, but in his later years Solomon turned away from obedience to God, and God fulfilled what we read earlier would happen if David's son disobeyed. Ten of the twelve tribes of Israel rebelled against Solomon's son, King Rehoboam. Thus, the nation was divided into two the house of Judah and the ten tribe house of Israel. They never again were united. What people call Israel today is made up of Jews, along with the tribe of Benjamin and some from the tribe of Levi. In the course of time, the house of Israel went into captivity to the Assyrians. One hundred years later, the house of Judah, the Jews, went into Babylonian captivity. And that brings us to how Jeremiah's strange commission was fulfilled, just as God said it would. But before giving you the details of this absolutely fascinating story, I want to remind you again of today's offer, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. It's given absolutely free of charge as others have already paid for it. Even the shipping and handling is without cost to you, so you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. If you want to understand world history and want to make sense of all the craziness you see around you, you need this free resource, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. You don't have to be British or American-descended to benefit by reading this free publication. As a man from Columbia told me, finally, something makes sense. I knew you guys weren't smarter than us. So if you want to understand why he said this, call the number on your screen or go to www.tomorrowsworld.org. It's that simple. And I'll be right back to tell you the rest of the most fascinating story you'll ever hear. Trust me that this is an amazing story, but prove it for yourself from the Bible.
1: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll-free now or write to us at the address on your screen, or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. To request today's free informative offer, no cost, no obligation, Call toll-free now or visit us online at TomorrowsWorld.org.
0: I left you with the explanation that the Israelite nation was divided in two. The ten tribes that broke off from King David's grandson formed a new nation known as the House of Israel. They went into captivity around 720 B.C., And never returned to the land now called Israel. The Jews and Benjamites, along with some from the tribe of Levi, were known as the nation or the house of Judah and went into captivity to Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. Now we pick up the story from Jeremiah. About a year and a half before the fall of Jerusalem in 586 BC, Jeremiah gave a prophecy from prison. He spoke of a time when both houses would return, and I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return, and will rebuild those places as at the first. The entire 33rd chapter is filled with good news. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. And then he gave a remarkable prophecy. If a prophet of God was ever wrong, Jeremiah must have been, for notice what he predicted less than a year from what appeared to be the end of David's dynasty. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. And if that were not clear enough, he went on to say, If my covenant is not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, Then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, these bold predictions were made a year or less before David's dynasty, in the minds of most scholars, ceased to exist. Never again did the Jews have a Jewish king ruling over them, except for Christ, who was born to be king, and will return to take over David's throne in the future, for as we're told in Zechariah 14:9, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. The context is clear. it is talking about a time yet to come. Now don't believe me just because I say this. Read the whole of Zechariah 14 for yourself. Were God's predictions through Jeremiah wrong? Or are we missing something? As we have seen, Zedekiah was taken into captivity and all his sons, heirs to the throne, were killed. But notice this little-known detail. Those who were not taken captive to Babylon were taken to Egypt. You can read of this in Jeremiah chapters 41 through 43. We're told specifically that among those who were taken to Egypt were the king's daughters, and Jeremiah the prophet, and Jeremiah's scribe, Baruch. Now let's go back to God's predictions through Jeremiah. Notice carefully where He says David's throne would be. No longer over the house of Judah, the Jews, but over the house of Israel. That is a northern ten-tribe nation. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. If my covenant is not with day and night, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember that Jeremiah's commission was to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down and also to build and to plant. David's throne was pulled down and planted in another nation, and the evidence is with us today. Sadly, I'm out of time, but the story of how God, through Jeremiah the prophet, fulfilled his prediction is found in our publication, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. Just call our toll-free number, or go to our website to discover a truth that has been here before your very eyes. Truly, truth is stranger than fiction. Be sure to come back next week at the same time when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Rod McNair, and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. See you then!
1: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll-free now or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.